Luke 5:27 onwards. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, "Follow me." So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And there, scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and say, said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new one does not match the old. And no one puts a new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst. The wineskins be spilled. And the wineskin will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. And both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine. Immediately desires new. For he says the old is better. This is the Word of God. Amen? Are you ready to receive what the Lord has prepared for you today? Are you excited and expecting on what the Holy Spirit is going to do today? Yes, let us receive what the Lord has prepared for us and give thanks to God for this wonderful team that is here. Yeah. So, we are in the uh, we are in the seventh series today, right? So the seventh series today is lead. It's to be authentic, right? Be authentic to lead as a, a authentic leader. And I read the scripture from Luke chapter five, uh, from twenty seven uh, to thirty two, thirty one. Now, this is what we're going to look at. We're going to follow Jesus Christ in this gospel of Luke chapter 5 and see how he interacted with Levi, Matthew, how he saw him sitting at the tax office, how he called him, and how Matthew responded and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will layer this story in Luke with an experience that I had with a young man 
who, om- who attempted to take his life. And then Christ saw this young man, called him to follow him. And I want to see how the gospel of Luke and how God works in today and how he can work with us. When I first came to Silicon Valley, which was like three years ago, I thought to myself, as the senior pastor of Santa Clara First Baptist Church, I'm going to bring the most creative, innovative program and wow the people with the things that we do here, right? Then I got a knock on my head from my father and, said, and he reminded me, no, no, no. I want you to go back to the basics. Okay? Um, see. Why did he do that? Because this is what I realized. God was telling me. People are interested in knowing the how. Okay? How to live like Jesus rather than the wow. See? See that? People are interested in knowing the how to live the life Jesus, uh, to live like Jesus. And uh, we focus on the wow. I want us to focus on the how. And not be carried away by the wow. Okay? So today, I'm going to talk about the why. Why should we live like Jesus? Why should we lead like Jesus? And I'm going to leave the what to the Holy Spirit, what you need to do, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I'm going to speak on the, the why and the how. Okay? Uh, it's, a, it's a powerful word of God. And, and just be ready to receive it. And leadership can be anywhere. Because as you go around, you have to apply the word of God to people that it makes sense to them. Right? So, um, so, I was with my boys, uh, and we went to dentist on Friday because the school was off. And as, we, as we were sitting there, there was a young girl that walked in. And uh, very very bright young gal Uh, but she had the head covering uh, which you guys know as hijab right and she came and sat there and I'm sitting with my son and waiting and she's signing in and she's playing with the phone and I reached out to her and I said excuse me and she looked at me and I said by the way um my family and a lot of people and the people that I know in the church we are praying for you and your community and we want to let you know that we love you and I can see the tears in her eyes right Uh, she's a Muslim Um, and when you go to your worship place please tell your leaders and family and others that there are a lot of people in Santa Clara that will pray for you and uh, and wish the best for you. And she said, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, you can lead authentically anywhere. 
Okay? This is what I'm trying to say. When you're authentic and when you're real and genuine, then it touches the heart of people. It connects the heart of people. Unless you do that, changes are not going to come. So if I concentrate on the wow and the effects, the sound, lights, whatever, and have no depth and have no power of the Holy Spirit to transform and change people's life, uh, it's just on the surface level, right? See, that's one way of leadership, leading where you are. Right? Are you with me? Yes? yes? I want to sing it, right? 49 people were murdered in a worship place. And this keeps happening. And I don't want us to, I don't, I don't want you to feel like, oh, it's just another thing. Our church has to love people of all nations. We have people of all nations here. And if we can show love to them, and many of you wrote back to me and spoke to me personally, Pastor, what you say is true. Tolerance is not enough. And tolerance is not enough. Unless we accept and love one another, we cannot be an authentic leader. We cannot be an authentic disciple of Christ unless we accept and love one another as Christ has loved us. This is the commandment that I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that the world may know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Why should we lead like Jesus? It's the question. Why should we lead like Jesus? See, at this stage... In this number eight, if you have followed, you have probably led someone to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? You have led someone to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are thinking, wow, mission accomplished. I have led somebody to Christ. He or she is converted. No. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of the journey of discipleship. It, mission is not accomplished. We begin the work of discipleship here. See? And what is the goal? The goal is that this disciple will start making disciples of Christ. That is the goal. We can't give up or say, my work is done when somebody comes to Christ and we don't know where they have been, where they are. We cannot let them fall off the rail. We got to lead like Jesus. We got to see where they are sitting. What they are doing, notice their life and call them and inspire them to be a better person and to give up the old life that they were living and come out into the new life and follow Christ and also impact other people. This is what we're going to see in Matthew's life. So, I went to a Google campus uh, this week and I met the... Uh, one of our board, former board members who was also the CFO. Uh, why did I go there? I went there because we, we want to talk about how the church can make a local, national, and global impact through our missions. Right? Uh, I'm building a mission team for our church that will take care of the local, global, and the national ministry. And I was going there to cast my vision and talk about that. 
That is also one way of leadership. That is one way of continuing to lead like Christ. That once you get off from a, a board and you have finished your term, and say, oh, my work is done. I'm done, now somebody else. No, we continue the work of leadership by impacting other people and the church locally, globally, nationally in the ways that we can. So I, I went to see him and it was, it was a great experience. We played chess there too. <laughs> And I won. <laughs> no, no. So, conversion is not the end of discipleship. Conversion is the beginning of discipleship, right? So what can we learn from Jesus? What can we learn from Jesus is that uh, leading, in direct, direct, leading in the right direction. Look at this. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. You can only say to somebody, follow me, if you know where you're going. Right? If you are in the right direction, you can ask somebody. And Jesus was very confident because he is leading in the right direction. By the way, he is the way. He is the way. There was no doubt in his mind. As clear as the noonday. Son, he called, he saw Matthew sitting there. See, the word of God, look here. Another thing is, look at that. He went out. This great leader, the greatest leader, our Savior, our Lord, did not just stay in the office. Right? He goes out all the time and interacted with people. Do you know why? Because when you interact with people, you know how they feel, what they're going through, where they live, what they're doing. So he saw. He didn't just go out. The next word is, and saw. What did he saw? What did he see? He saw a tax collector, Matthew, who was in need to be redeemed. He saw that probably Matthew was not happy doing what he was doing. And he went there and said, Matthew, I can change you. I can heal you. You follow me. I know the way that you should go. Leading in the right direction. Lead like Jesus. Leading in the right direction is the way. You're doing the right thing. When you lead in the right direction. So you lead like Jesus. See your conviction. Of who Jesus is. Is the right direction. So let me tell you a story. Right. Uh, so I'm going to go back to when I was 20. 1920. Right? Because some of you are 19 years old. 20 years old here. So I was in the university, I was 20, um, and uh, I, we, I rented a place, and I was staying with three other uh, students. Um, and every Sunday around afternoon, because the worship service, our worship service was in the afternoon, so every Sunday in the afternoon, I had my Bible, and I walked to the church every Sunday afternoon. And as I walked down, the, there are two, three stories of building, and there are patios and balcony. I see a young man always standing at the 
the balcony and I walked by, but we didn't talk. We didn't, and probably he has noticed me for a while, right? Um, going to church. So one day as I was coming back from church, this is like after months, um, he, I saw him standing there and I said, uh, hi. Right? And he said, hi. And he started talking right then. Right? Hi from... And you know what he said? Uh, I'm an alcoholic. I've drank a lot in my life. Right there. And I tried... I tried to kill myself, but I wasn't successful. I'm like, wait, hold a minute. Wait a minute. You know, it's like, am I ready for this? I just said hi, and I was going to walk by him, you know? And he's talking. I'm looking up. And then he came down, and I stopped there. Well, this is time to stop. I thought about why he did that. Why would he do that? Right? Because I'm just saying hi for the first time to him. But this was not for the first time. He had been watching me going to church to worship God every Sunday for months. My conviction of who Jesus is was the right direction for him that he wanted to share his pain to me. You see that? I'm going to pause that story right there, okay? We're going to resume. I'll come back to there. We got to follow through. So pause there, okay? So, my friends, what did I say? Your conviction of who Jesus is and why you believe in Jesus is the right direction. That's how you lead. If you're thinking, how do I do? Stand strong in your conviction. Do not be swayed by power, wealth, and fame. Jesus was not swayed by power, wealth, and fame when Satan offered to him. Did you see that? Because there are lots of opinions out there. Lots of views out there. Some of you are going to, some of them are going to come to you and say, Jesus is not the only way. There are other ways to get to heaven and to God. Sounds very exciting, very inclusive, very accommodating. Let me tell you, there is only one way. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Stay strong on that conviction. That is going back to basics. Okay? We're clear on that? How is that? You're good, right? Yes, we're going to feed you more. Ready? More things are going to come. You're not going to live here empty-handed. So, here. Now, the next one is uh, here. So, he left all, rose up, and followed him. Left all. Oh, who, did, who left all? I want to talk about here, not just on. Christ also left all. He left heaven and he came to this earth. He sacrificed everything. Right? And now you see here, when Jesus called Matthew to follow him, what did he do? He left all. He left his position he left his wealth. He left his fame. Whatever he's doing as a tax collector, Matthew left all. And what did he do? He rose up and followed him. See, when your conviction is so compelling, it's contagious to other people. And when you're able to articulate why you're convicted of who Jesus is, who God is, and what he has done for your life, that is a compelling, contagious story. This is how you lead other people. Not yelling at them. Not having a placard and telling them you're a sinner, you're a bad people. Right? 
You shine with your life and articulate what God has done for you. Be loving. Be authentic. Don't yell. Don't scream at other people because they don't believe in God. Christians should be attractive. We must be attractive above all other people that we are attracting people to Christ. Right? So, leading by real life devotion. Christ led his sacrifice. Sacrifice like Jesus. Sacrifice like Jesus. Your devotion to Jesus is the right direction. Your devotion to Jesus is the right direction. Okay, resume that story of that young man who tried to take his life. He was also about 20 when I met him. Um, We were both in the university. He was doing chemistry. I was doing my history. Uh, So now, I invited him to come and eat where I, the rented place. And... um, I had to do something, and I was young, okay? I was young, so don't follow these things. Some of them may not be applicable here now, today. I was young, and I had to do something, so I said, okay, I'm going to leave my roommate. Let's go get a new room, and I, I want you to come and live with me. Okay. So, uh, I, we rented a new place. I invited him and I wanted to stay with him. My goal is because I want, he, I want to lead him to Christ. That's why I'm renting this place. Okay. Uh, his birthday came. His birthday is coming. And I'm saying, okay. In, in our family, we celebrate birthday all the time at home. So I want to celebrate a birthday. And um, let's celebrate birthday. Uh, and I found out he doesn't have any money. Uh, so what am I going to do? I said, okay, I'm, I'll probably I'll go and borrow some money from my friends and I can give it back. Where well, he went to two or three places and he didn't have any money. No, I have some money, right? And that money was the rent money for the month, okay? So I said, okay, what am I, but he wants to celebrate. Well, I decided to use the rent money for his birthday. I invited a few of my friends because he doesn't have much friends there. Invited my close friends, and we had a birthday uh, celebration for him. At the end of the celebration, he gave a short speech, and he said, I've never celebrated birthday in my life. This is the first birthday ever. Like, and he is now 21, and he is crying. And I thought my rent money was worth it. <laughs> right? Um, and this connected us deeper now now I'm getting to know him he drove a jeep before I met him on the cliff or slope to fall off the cliff he put the jeep on a neutral and let it just roll down the slope and he closed his eyes and said that was it Well, there was a little tree at the edge of the cliff. And that little tree, stump of tree, blocked the jeep from falling off the cliff. So he went went out of the jeep and looked what's going on. And there was that tree there. 
he decided not to do it again, and he came back. That's how I, you know, that's where I met him. Then he gave him a great feast in his own house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. Who sat down with them. Now look here. Then he gave whom? Him. Not the guests, not the tax collectors, not the Pharisees, not the scribes. Matthew, after his conversion experience, he decided to give a great feast to Jesus. He's already in the work of making disciples. He's already leading now because of his conversion experience. And this is one way you can do. Here, uh, Christine and uh, Greg, uh, they invited the young adult, Gab group, young professionals to their house for a meal. This reminded me of Matthew. Right? They didn't say anything. They didn't prepare anything to preach and teach. They just invited for a meal. And Margaret and I, we were able to lead the young group. By the way, the young adults, young professionals are meeting in my house today. And all of you are invited, okay? I'm extending the invitation to you. Uh, If you don't have the address, we'll be standing out there outside. You can find some of the young adults, and they will also give you address, okay? And Margaret Lee has prepared a meal. See, this is how you lead in different ways. Are you getting the drift now? How you can lead in different ways? And because um, if we lead like Jesus, and here, and there, uh, look, let me read, and their scribes and the Pharisees complain. Uh, again, his, against his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Because Christ came, what? What did he say? I came to seek and save that which was lost. The sick people need me. They need a physician. And I'm here because of that. He explained why he came already. Okay. And in leading other people, this is what happens when we don't have a clear idea of why we do what we do. Because when you invite some of our church members for dinner, and if the focus is like, okay, I'm going to make friends with them, or other reason, or impress them with your dinner, or your house, whatever. At the end of the dinner, husband and wife may, why did he do that? Why did he do that? You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. You should have put the plate there. You should, and then you started arguing, and that event was like, what, horrible day, right? That happens, because why? Our focus is not on Christ. So when you invite home with the intention of sharing the goodness and the generosity of God, let the focus be not on your house, how clean it is, how well kept it is, how good the food is, which is, a, which is a good thing. I'm not against any of those things. But let the focus, the centerpiece be who? Christ. Give Him the fist and see what happens. That is leadership. Then there is lesser argument at the end. You enjoy the fellowship and say, what a great story. I haven't heard that testimony before. Because in a hospitable environment, people share because they are saved. They are loved and they are cared for. And they feel like they can fall. And they will open up their hearts and share. Because you are authentic. You are real. This is what's happening in Matthew's house. 
He's inviting everybody, the sinners and tax collectors and scribes and Pharisees. And who are not happy? It's the religious people. It's the religious people who are not happy. I want us to be joyful, attractive people. So feed like Jesus. And he showed by example. He fed 5,000 one time. And he didn't, we didn't count the children and the women. Not that. And then he fed another 4,000 4, and another time. Not counting the children. See, Christ has demonstrated how he loved us. So your Jesus-guided action is the right direction. When you do something that is guided by him, that is the right direction. That's how you do it. Right? Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, but to repentance. So lead with dedication. So this friend, my friend, I started taking him to small group because he asked me, where do you go every Sunday? I saw you go every afternoon, every Sunday. Where do you go? I said, oh, I go to a church and a small group on Wednesdays. So I started taking him to Wednesdays and, uh, uh, and to Sundays. And he started coming. And I started sharing the gospel to him. And it was in one of these day moment that he gave his life to Christ. He gave his life to Christ. Is it over? No, mission is not accomplished. My work of discipleship is going to begin. Right? So we go every Wednesday. He also comes every Wednesday. He comes and sits quietly. He doesn't utter a word. But he keeps coming. And then he comes to worship. He doesn't say a word. It took him for a while to start being comfortable and start sharing that I drink a lot. I smoke a lot. I try to take my own life. But God intervened and saved. It take a while. It took a while for him to share that. Right? I was elated the day. He gave his life to Christ. And I was like, why? Moving out of my friends and moving in with him. Even though I, pay, I spent the rent money on a birthday, I felt like, yes, this is good. God provides. Right? And I went with him to his family. I invited him to my family because we are different states. So we become friends. Leading with dedication. See, this is important. You teach like Jesus. Teach like Jesus. Because your dedication to the teaching of Jesus is the right direction. He said, teach everything that I have taught you. Right? Teach everything I have taught you. Now, so, you're looking at the wise in the house. This is not a complete list. I'm giving you some example to kickstart how to lead other people to Christ. You may use your home. You may use your hospitality. You may use your gift of teaching. Right? You may use your influence at your workplace, whatever, whatever you do, and lead. You can lead at Apple, Google. You can lead at Kaiser. Right? You can lead at Good Samaritan. You can lead in their school. You can lead in college. Any company that you're working, you can lead if you look and see how people are going through in their lives. If you're authentic, they are going to be attracted to you because your conviction 
your love for them, your compassion for them. Your generosity is going to attract a question, and they will ask you. They will ask you, right? I called this my friend from here. I called him because uh, he's in India. I called him and said, how are you doing? You know, Do you know what he's doing today? This guy, my friend, he is today a well-known conser- uh, conservationist. Okay? It's, he's interviewed. He's in the news. Uh, he is in YouTube. Whatever he is doing, he, he is well-known there. And I called him and said, hey... He was so excited to receive my Hey, brother, how are you doing? Even before I say anything, he started saying, Brother, I want to let you know that I'm a deacon at the church. <laughs> right? My wife goes to church. She cooks for the church. My two kids are in Sunday school. I want to let you know that I'm following Christ and God and serving Him. That's the first thing he told me. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, by the way, go to YouTube. Google my name. And you will see what I'm doing. And that's what I did. Right? Look at a young man at 20, 21, trying to take his own life to where he is today. That is why we preach Jesus. Right? That is why Jesus is enough. He is everything he says he is. In this church, we talk about what God has done in our life. Real time, past, and what we hope God will do in the future. He works. Christ works, I'm telling you. And if we lead like Jesus... And live like Jesus, we can see transformation. We can see transformation. So, not the next Sunday, but March 31st is our celebration Sunday of the end of this series. We are going to recount what the Lord is doing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to recount what the Lord is doing because we live like Jesus so that we may lead others to their eternal destination. That's why we live like Jesus. Right? So, be ready to share what God is doing in your life. Look and watch and see what God is doing in life. Because our God is an amazing God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yes. Thanks be to God for His great work. Yes. Now, now, um, uh, before you go, uh, as we get into this worship... uh, There are many prodigal sons and many prodigal daughters. uh, And we are in contact with them every day. Love them. Love them. Also, March 30 is very important. It's one day you can invest in yourself. You've been investing in other people's lives, other company, all throughout the year. And there isn't a day or a time sometimes that you invest in yourself. March 30, the spiritual CrossFit... It's a day to invest in yourself to better yourself. It's a great day to invest in yourself. If you don't commit and make it a priority, it's not going to happen. Right? If you can't do the iPad or anything, there are still some connection cards there. 
Just write your name that I will come to the CrossFit March 30 and we will put your name and send information to you. Okay, do that. I want all of you to come to better yourself. Let Jesus minister to you, heal you, love you, let you become the person that you should be. Can we be on our feet?